Blog Talk Radio. Fans went hammer mode when they thought Ariana Grande got paid more than Beyonce at Coachella. Morehouse is now admitting transgenders to the university. And Ancestry.com put a bullshit-ass slave commercial after receiving angry backlash. What's good, y'all? This is Angel Vandrina. And I'm your host, Jono Tello. And you are listening to the one and the only Confession. <laughs> 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 you so silly, dude. What's going on? Happy Easter, everybody. I hope you Happy guys are Easter. having Happy a great day. day. Yes. How are you doing today, Jen? I am doing well. Um, of course, I have to work, so I'm tired. I'm sleepy as hell. Um, you know, sipping on a beer, a little tipsy, yeah. you know. Um, okay. My week has been, you know, pretty good. Um, nothing new, as I always say. I can't wait till the day where I can be like, so this week I actually I went to so and so and I stopped by, blah blah blah. Well, I can't wait till that day. Like, my life is so mm-hmm. freaking boring. But, you know, it's fun. <laughs> no, actually, what did I do this weekend? So I went to Chris Hunt's engagement party. It was really cool. We had a good time. Okay. Um, yeah, that was pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, that's nice. I was there with- that's nice. Um, everything's been pretty smooth, you know, just, um, I had a lot of fun the other day, went to my mom's house, got my ass beat a couple of times in pool, took some Easter photos, um, just been busy, um, pretty much still got to um, do like the Easter egg, egg hunt um, with the with the oldest one, so we're going to do that um, once the show is over, and then just kind of really enjoying this weather outside and Easter dinner. I didn't really cook like a big Easter dinner like normal traditional families. Um, I'm sure I will once my boys, all three of them, are a little bit older and they expect that, you know. But as far as today goes, I just made my boiled some ribs and then my husband he put them on the grill after I boiled them and they came out amazing. And then also just like some zucchini pasta with some cheese in it. And that's pretty much it. Nothing amazing. Um, but, you know, we're just trying to kind of relax on this Sunday because back to work tomorrow. So that's pretty much it, y'all. Um, but before we get into these hot topics, don't forget to check us out on Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, Anchor, and, of course, this podcast from Blog Talk. Send us those confessions at confessions at number two, us at gmail.com. And don't forget to like, comment, rate, and subscribe. Okay, guys, before we get into those um, hot topics, I'm going to go ahead and let you all know what the confession question of the day is. Okay, guys, so confession question of the day. If somebody tried to talk to your spouse in your face, what are you going to do? Okay, again, if somebody tried to talk to your spouse in your face, what are you going to do? Or what is your reaction going to be? All right, guys, we're going to go ahead and get into those Hot topics. Okay, guys. So the first topic we're going to talk about is uh, Coachella and Queen B and Ariana Grande. So there have been a lot of buzz that Beyonce and um, Ariana Grande got, well, she got Ariana Grande got paid more than Beyonce. Well, according to BET.com, after reports were buzzing about Queen B's Coachella payday being half, of Ariana Grande's Beyonce fans went into a frenzy. Earlier in the week, rumors circulated online that Beyonce racked in for a million for last year's epic Beachella performance, while Ariana Grande earned a whopping $8 million for her performance this year. Well, it appears that only half that story is literal. Um, according to the latest reports on The Blast, both Ari and B earned a payout for four million per show for a total of eight million each for both weekends. Sources also told the blast that the singers' contracts were drafted nearly identical to another. Um, however, while fans were assuming Beyonce may have possibly been cheated out of a check, it's worth noting that Beyonce has exclusive rights to her 
Beachella performance footage and music, which she later used to produce her homecoming Netflix special, which we'll be talking about next, and soundtrack, and which more than likely earned her a hefty coin on top of her stage fee. Overall, both Beyonce and Ariana made Coachella history. Beyonce is being the first black woman to ever headline the festival, and Ariana Grande as being the youngest performer to headline the show at 25. Who runs the world, girls? What's good with that, Jen? What are your thoughts on that? And why are people so damn nosy? Oh, my goodness. Like, they made a whole frenzy for no reason. Beyonce was just like, child, I'm going to let them talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, now, you know, with her having exclusive rights to everything, um, mm-hmm. That could be used for, you know, doc, like how she used it for the documentary and stuff like that. Um, now I can see why they got paid equally because it's like, yeah, she did go back and she was able to, to make more money off of it. And we don't know the same for Ariana Grande. Uh, but at first I was just like, what the hell? Like, that's fucked up. But like, how could they give Ariana Grande the same amount of money that they gave Beyonce? No, it makes no sense, <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, that, I mean that's pretty much it. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, what what did you think? What did you take from that? What did you think? So when I first read up on the article, I was just like, "What is going on here? How did Ariana Grande, Ariana Grande, how did she receive more money than Beyonce? Like, that's crazy. That makes no sense." And then I tried to, like, you know, do a little bit of research. Like, okay, well, like, do she have more fans? Is she more popular? You know, because Beyonce been around forever. You know what I'm saying? So and then when I seen um, then when I seen that it was all just hearsay, I was like, oh, okay. Then when I realized that she used her, um, her earnings for not only this, um, you know, for she got her money, and she got $8 million, just like Ari, but she do have more perks. Uh, better incentives, you know. So though the contracts were drafted nearly the same, Beyonce, as a, a woman, a grown woman, she was like, well, no, I want to earn the right to this, so I can use my music anywhere I want to use it. And um, I think that was smart. So, you know, at the end of the day, she, she got the better coin, she got the better deal, as she should, okay. And um, I'm just still really proud of Beyonce. She has a lot of fans. And for people to just go in like that, like, hold the fuck up, Ariana Grande. Oh, hell no, you know. And bring this to the light. That just shows you, like, you know, she is popping pretty much. You know, we all know she's popping, but, like, she really has inspired so many people. And and people are not playing games when it comes down to the beehive, you know what I'm saying? So, anyways, guys, that's pretty much all. And we're going to go ahead and move on to that very next topic. All right, y'all, next topic. And this is according to TheRap.com. Beyonce knows Carter, that magnificent queen who dropped a two-hour film about her epic performance at Coachella a few days ago on Netflix. Netflix. <laughs> Carry your eyes away, I dare you, from Beyonce, shrouding her imperial presence down a pyramid stack with African-American performers, her wavy blonde hair cascading to her waist, short cut high, thighs, green eyes glinting above, a you-will-obey expression that suddenly melts into that smile. In her lyrics, she commands that you own it. She demands that you suck my rhymes with Shaw's. She lamely says she can only rely on me, myself, and I, but declares her love for Jay-Z, except she better not take her for granted. Who the fuck do you think I is? You ain't married to no average bitch boy, end quote. And if he treats her right, she might just give it to him, she sings. She sings about her reality, like in Diva. Since 15 and my stiletto's been strutting in this game, what's your age was the question they asked when I hit the stage. I'm a diva, best believer, you see how she getting paid. But that's not all it's about, her journey to stardom. No, Beyonce's aiming higher. She's aiming for posterity and for history. The film opens with Maya Angelou speaking words of wisdom about the experience of being human. And the segments of Beyonce's on-stage performance at Coachella are studded with quotes from various luminaries reminding us why we're here, what matters, what lasts. Beyonce has me thinking anew about female power and the state, in it, it, the state it is in today. 
The film by her Coachella show, Homecoming, is a celebration of blackness and womanhood in America. It pays homage to historically black colleges and universities, HBCU. Um, but most importantly, it just stuns in its ambition and excellence. The performance itself, eight months in the making, features 200 performers, a drum line, a string orchestra, a horn section, female dancers, male dancers, and singers. She is the lead performer, the visionary behind the show scene, its artistic director, and also the, the, the director of the film. We should mention that Beyonce embarked on this journey shortly after having twins and spent months juggling her responsibilities. As a mother, getting her body into shape, no dairy, no carbs, no meat, while slapping the creative, um, while slapping the creative direction of the show and the film. At one point, she explains that the film is not living up to her expectations. Everybody needs to step back and take her notes again, she said. Her on-stage dancers are dressed in cross between female power, those high-cut shorts, knee-high boots, and black power, military-style berets, and filled with some Cleopatra vibing and Greek letters that denote college life. Her performers are mostly African-American, uh, but not only. Several are notably plus-sized. At a time, we desperately need role models. Beyonce provides a towering example of empowered womanhood. Um, she is sexual, not sexy. She is motherhood as a fountainhead, not as an afterthought. She's always calling out to the ladies. She puts them first. As proof of the effect she has, the film cuts away to ecstatic faces of fans. Men and women both reciting her lyrics with a look of confidence and determination because that's what her lyrics exude. I don't know every Beyonce song or lyric, and I'm not even necessarily the greatest fan, but when a woman strides on stage, she will not be denied. There's a generosity of spirit about Beyonce that becomes subversely infectious. What a gift that Homecoming has captured this in a way that can be observed and absorbed for years to come. Were you able to watch the mm. documentary? No, I didn't even know about it until you just told me about it earlier this morning. Um, I've been busy with life. I'm sorry. Netflix? You don't have, do you not because have Netflix? I don't watch nothing. I, no, I don't have Netflix. I have Time Warner Cable. So. You got time on the yeah. table in there. No, I don't. I just have time. I don't have Netflix, Jen. I've never in my life had Netflix. I just never, you know, went ahead and rented it. Hell, the cable bill was almost $300. I have five fucking TVs and, and cable boxes in this goddamn house. So I didn't feel a need to, uh, in every channel, motherfucker. So I never felt the need to pay for Netflix. And then, especially because recently, just getting off topic, we talked to a gangster at Time Warner Cable who was calling my husband cuz and um, and cursing on the phone, talking about how much he hate his fucking job. He lowered our goddamn bill down almost $150. So I'm like, woo, woo, I like him. Anyway, so first off about this topic, I just want to say Beyonce is so sexy, okay? Like this woman had twins, and she just comes out here rocking these booty shorts with her sexy-ass thighs, okay? Girl, find me, please, because I need to get my body like that. But I am definitely, I do know people who do have Netflix. I think my little sister has Netflix, and I will be hanging out with her um, sometime soon. So I will go over her house and watch, the, um, and watch, and watch you know, everything, uh, Beyonce on Netflix and the documentary. And uh, I'm very interested, but she is just such a good person, I'm, you know, from the outside, seeing what's going on, and I really like how she keeps the media out of her business. I just feel seem like this. I just feel like this is just so dope, and she is just becoming that person that people are really like. Just look, well, not be, even becoming, but she is that person that people they just look at. And just like, damn, you know, like Beyonce is really the ish, you know. But I will take a look at it, and I think that it's just super dope what she's doing. You don't see her out there, you know, bent over like Nicki Minaj, showing her coochie hole you know, being extra ugly, you see her being a woman, you know what I'm saying, being a mom, being a, a, a fucking Beyonce Virgo. That's that's how the Virgos are, okay, the women. My mom is a Virgo, so they're crazy, especially when it comes down to their goddamn men, but they don't play that shit, and they're very nurturing. So it's smart, especially when it comes down to the business deals, you know what I'm saying, because they are definitely about their money. And they, my mom always tell me, this ain't this is business. This is business. So trust me, I'm sure Beyonce does not play. And she shows, 
you know what I'm saying, with her actions and with her um, her deals, that she don't play shit. She don't play games. She's not going to go and represent some shit that she, don't, that she don't believe in, you know, like performing at the stadium when all of this shit is going on, going to the White House, you know, stuff like that. That's literally my mom 100%. So I definitely respect what she do. She may get drunk and that crazy here and there, but, you know, we don't see that side of her, thankfully. <laughs> What did you think about the it, everything's Jen? Tell us what your thoughts were because obviously you took a you watched it and it really inspired you. So let us know. Yeah, um, definitely awesome documentary, very inspiring. Um, I originally was not able to see the Coachella performance um, when it was live streamed on YouTube. Um, able you know months later to watch clips and stuff of it. And I always mm-hmm. just like, man, I wish that she would put this out so I could see the full performance because I remember like mm-hmm. people just talking about how excellent it was and how in awe they were to see her perform and, and you know, her paying homage to, you know, our culture, you know, being HBCUs and how important that historically black college university is to us because at one point mm-hmm. we weren't able to go to um white institutions, you know. Um, so mm-hmm. we had to make we had to make um, universities for us, and, and now we take pride in it. And it also is dope because Beyonce is so calculated. Like the reasoning behind it, and that's what I thought in my whole the whole time watching it, up until like she said it at the end. Um, it was mm. the reason behind the documentary was to pre- preserve HBCUs because they are losing a lot of funding and. You know, you hear about yeah. some of them becoming more, more and more, you know, white every year. You know, and, and eventually they turn to, you know, just normal universities. And we have to preserve our excellence and, and something just for us because, like I said, at one point we weren't able to go to these institutions. So I feel like HBCUs are next for yeah, children who were not – Either they come from, you know, impoverished backgrounds and they weren't able to see all walks of life, all walks of the black life and be able to see, like, empowered African-Americans, intelligent, you know, successful. You know, you'll learn that, you know, from going to HBCU. I've never went to one, but I have, like, a lot of, like, a lot of friends that have went to HBCU. Like, Brandon, she went to Howard. And I have a couple of best friends that went to North Carolina Central for, for undergrad. and you know, they talk about how you literally you'll meet, you know, people from the wealthiest families and people who are, you know, were homeless before going to, you know, to this institution. So I think it's, like, important for, for you to see those different walks of life. And it also teaches you to appreciate your blackness, you know. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, I, I just thought the documentary was so necessary and watching it. I was just like, wow, like, you know, I think it's just incredible. Like, she's just so black, and I love it. I love it. <laughs> but this is an awesome movie. Definitely I agree. check it out. Definitely check it out. I will. I will, Jen. I will, Jen Othello. All right, guys. Oh, so with that being said, we're going to go ahead and move on to the very next topic. Um. Yes, guys. So... Speaking of, you know, Beyonce being, you know, really into her blackness and stuff like that, we have another topic, you know, that kind of put people in, you know, when they want to learn a lot about their ancestry um, and their blackness or where they're from, where they go to. But this is some bullshit. So according to TMZ.com, the folks at Ancestry.com, and I believe Jen may have talked about Ancestry.com a few times, or a site similar to Ancestry.com, um, they're either playing dumb or they're admitting they actually are dumb. Um, after pulling an advertisement that made the aftermath of slavery look like a romance novel. If you haven't seen it, it's pretty shocking. The spot seems to set to be set in in a bottom south, in the Elabom south, showing a white guy trying to convince a black woman to escape the north, a place where we can be together across the border, he says. He's holding up a wedding ring, and he makes her a plea, makes a plea to her. But before she answers, 
The scene cuts to a black screen, and you see the words across the screen that says, Without you, the ad was targeting Ancestry customers in Canada, hence the reference to the border. But since it was online, people around the world had a pretty shift, uh, excuse me, a pretty swift, angry response. Users called out to the company for creating a damn slavery love story, which pretty much um, is it, not the same. They're saying that slavery was a love story, in which it was not. The real reason many black people in North America find white ancestries in their family trees is because of slavery. Ancestry told CBS News, Ancestry is committed to telling important stories from history. This ad was intended to represent one of the stories. We very much appreciate the feedback we have received and and apologize for any offense this ad may have caused. Come on. They had to know, right? Jen, did you see this commercial and was it stupid as fuck or what? No, I, I I did not see the commercial, and yes, it is very stupid. It was dumb. Um, it was stupid. It was stupid. It was super stupid. Them <laughs> romanticizing, for one, putting white men at the forefront of trying to right. make situations better for black people. We know that was not the case at all. Um, and yes, like we African Americans, we are a, a mixed group. I talk about this all the time. Like technically, we're mixed people, but it wasn't by choice. We were raped, we were pillaged, we were murdered. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like our ancestors. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I signed off the ancestry.com. My, I think my great great grandfather is white. My mother's father, my mother's father grandfather is white, but I am most certainly. That he didn't know that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like he's never mentioned that. He's never spoke about it. You know, I, it had to have been through slavery for for that to have even you know existed. Because my grandfather, he was born in 1920s. So I mean, to me, that would have made sense. I don't know when was slavery. God damn. Slavery was over 1865. So to me, that that was the only way. I was just like, wow. You know, because they, with ancestry, they connect you to, um, you know, like family trees or whatever. Um, and yeah, child, I have like this whole white family, and I'm just like, I'm certain that they <laughs> did not know of any sort of, you know, black lineage or anything like that. So mm-hmm. um, I, I, it's, it's sad, you know, but they need to stop that. We have to. We have to be honest about that. Like, it was a terrible time in our country, and they need to acknowledge it and stop, and, and, and stop trying to act like white men were the savior. Like, he was not trying to be with that woman. He raped her and had a whole white family. Exactly. Home, got pregnant by accident, kept her child still enslaved, and his wife acting, yeah. around, acting like she didn't know who the fuck this mixed-ass kid was walking around the slave plantation. You know, like that right. was her husband's child. You know, that that's what the fuck happened, you know. So mm-hmm. I'm glad that, yeah, and you that's, know, people stood up and didn't, and didn't take that nonsense because that, that was ignorant as fuck. Yeah, exactly. And this one, like, really? Like, y'all now, now, you know what I'm saying, people, and really, I really don't care much about my ancestry. Like, I don't really want to know, like, where I came from or any of that type of stuff, like, you know what I'm saying? I never looked it up. I'm really not 100% curious about it, you know. I am a whole entire black woman with black-ass skin, my sons, you know. I I get curious only with my kids because, you know, they, they, me and my husband, we both not the skin color of our children, you know what I'm saying? Our children came out much lighter than both of us. You know, so I'm just like, what the hell? Who the hell is their parents? Then these little light skinned boys ain't come out of me. You know what I'm saying? But you know, that's it. Like if they're curious about it, I don't mind them doing that shit. I'm not gonna go out and pay a hundred dollars to see, you know, that people in my family was raped. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and this shit happened. You know, and and then and it's not even about. It's just about the commercial, really. Like y'all even come out with a commercial like that and be like, oh my, oh. 
we're sorry for those who who we've offended. Like, I, I'm sick and tired of that shit. Like, yeah. everybody's always sorry for offending somebody. And the person that's being offended is us, black people, African Americans. We're always offended because these stupid ass people are not really taking responsibility or even have a, a marketing or advertising department that actually understands the shit that they're putting out there. It's really ridiculous. And obviously, there's nobody on that team, in my opinion, that's black that will put some shit out there like this. That's a stupid ass commercial. If they wanted to do yeah. a commercial, you know yeah, what I'm that, saying? That, that definitely would have been an easy fix. Like, a black person watching and be like, exactly. Oh, it, it didn't work like that. He actually was waiting for her ass, and that's how she ended up with some mixed ass <laughs> children. And that's why right. I'm right now. Because my great grandmother right. was raised. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, because in my opinion like let's be serious what white man is really gonna try and like be like come on come on black negro sure let's go across I, the border right. like i'm sure i'm sure that it happened you know i'm sure that there so? was somebody that, so. that, I mean, that married that married a white man that married a slave and moved to canada but that i'm sure is like in the one percent tile but the majority of the time mm. With our ancestors, the half, the point half, and not even one right. percent. That that was through that was through ways. That, that definitely was forced. Um, yeah, I just but don't yeah, like I mean, it, I, you know. I disagree with you saying that you not want to know your history. I, I definitely feel like it's important. Like when I took it, it wasn't to just see how mixed I was. Like, and and what are you doing with that to, information though? What are you doing with that information, Jim? I know for myself, you know, you hear so much about everything. Like, you know, like what black people say, we're, we're from this, this is what our people, blah, blah. And I, now they were saying, like, no, like, my ancestry, even though I can't pinpoint it to, you know, a certain, you know, tribe or anything like that, I know generally what region, I'm, you know, I'm from. And I would be able to tell my children, man, I, I, I can tell my nieces and my nephew, like, this is your heritage on this side. Also, I want to learn more about my African culture. Like, I do want to learn to speak another language. And I feel like by me knowing that, knowing, like, I'm speaking, like, my native tongue, like, that's, like, dope as fuck. Like, I, I just feel like that's important. It's important to know your history. You know, and, and also looking at ancestry, you know, I feel like, you know, reading about my my lineage and, and my ancestors, and you know, because I think they can trace it back like five generations. Um, we're African Americans. I think we can go back in like five generations before it's like they can't trace it back any further. Oh, and what about what about on, what about white people on paper? Huh? I mean, what about white people? How far can they go they back? Weren't illegally, they weren't illegally brought here. I'm talking about they didn't start recording African Americans. Mm. For I think like it was like five generations ago, so um, that's crazy. Yeah, but it's just like I think I, I, like it's cool. Like, I feel like I like know these people. Like reading about them, like wow, I had you know families who were in the World War and, and stuff like that. So I mm. just think that stuff like that is necessary. But it is fucked up, you know. Um, I forgot the singer. It's an African singer from Nigeria. And he was saying that um, he was saying that ain't that some shit that like they take you from your history and then they they make you pay to learn to relearn. Right. Like you got to pay a hundred dollars to you know. Right, child, still, please, a hundred dollars. And somebody asked me um, on the application. Uh, prefer not to specify. Period. And don't worry about what the fuck I am. Just look at this. Knowledge and these backgrounds and these skills and let's keep it moving. Anybody got time to be playing games? All right, you guys. We're gonna go ahead and move on to our final topic of the evening. All right, y'all last topic. <laughs> <laughs> and y'all know what that means. All right. The nation's only black all-male college will be will begin admitting transgender men beginning in 2020. After a lengthy process led to the history-making uh, policy change, Morehouse's college's board of trustees approved the change on Saturday, and school officials have announced that transgender men 
will now be allowed to enroll in school for the first time next year. I think Morehouse had the courage to speak to issues of masculinity in today's environment is important. Um, Morehouse President David Thomas told the Associated Press for 152 years, the world has in some way seen Morehouse as the West Point of black male development. Uh, Jose Malibu says that Morehouse tells people that the decision is a uh, culmination of a 15-month process in which school officials met with faculty, staff, board members, alumni, and the college's only openly transgender person. This process was as authentic and as genuine as process I've ever been involved with, Malibu says. Listening to student leaders voice their concerns and input, that's a serious endeavor, and I'm proud to say that was genuine. They were involved all the way to the last couple of weeks to fine-tuning the language. The policy change comes as President Donald Trump's administration seeks to roll back recognition for transgender uh, individuals, gutting their protections under federal civil rights law, according to the New York Times. Morehouse's decision follows in the footsteps of historically black schools that have transgender policies, including Howard University, Tuskegee University, Florida A&M University, and Spelman College, among others. The policy states that students who identify as women but were born male cannot enroll, and students who transition from man to woman while enrolled at Morehouse will no longer be eligible to matriculate. Additionally, the policy states that Morehouse will continue to use gender language, including masculine pronouns. Although many have praised Morehouse's decision, some students uh, take issue with the specifications. Marquisus Odom, a 21-year-old set to graduate in 2021, Said that they said they transitioned while they were enrolled at the school. Um, while they were enrolled at the school and identified as que- queer, non-binary, using they and their pronouns. Thus, Odom told the New York Times that Morehouse's use of gender language will only further marginalize the school's trans and non-binary community. Who I am on this campus, they are trying to kind of like remove me from self-identifying myself. Odom says they said their policy that they are. Um, where am I at? They said, oh, they said in their policy <laughs> that they are going to still use male gender language. That affects me. Sometimes I do dress as a feminine, not binary, but when I dress the way I want to dress, and it's a problem that affects me. Similarly, 28-year-old Morehouse student Tatiana Raphael told the Times that she transitioned from male to female by wrote and disapproved of the school's decision to ban those like her. It is very lonely being the only transsexual woman on campus, Raphael said. Actually, race and marginalized most of the time because the image that Morehouse presents is the all-male image, and in that image, they don't make room for trans women. Malibu stood by the school policy on, on trans women and clarified that Morehouse plans to use gender pronouns, but only on an institutional level. Um, on an interpersonal level, if a student wants to be referred to in some way other than he, him, or his, we are and will do that, Malibu tells people. We respect the individual's right to self-identify and will do so once the student asks us to use different pronouns on an individual basis. What do you think about that, Ms. Andrea? So they're not enrolling uh, transgenders. They're just if people, they're already in the school, and then they um, they go through that, the surgery and the, the transgender um then, then, and they say, "Hey, I want to be referred to as a woman." Is then that is when they will do so? Is that what you're saying? No. So the school is basically letting women, like uh, um, men that were born women, come to the school. Like that's what they're doing. Like women that identify as oh, as men. Okay. Or men. Okay. Men who men who are woman bodied or or were originally born a woman, they're allowed to come to the school. Um, but they are black. Yeah, that, I mean, it it doesn't matter. I don't think. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. I feel like you know, it, like you know, people schools should be less focused on a person's trans, uh, a person's uh, transgender, a male, woman, whatever the case is, because really. In my personal opinion, all colleges they really care about is getting that money. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes teachers, they don't even look at your goddamn paper. They just be like, okay, we're going to go ahead and give this person a B because uh, they have one topic that's not complete 100%, and I don't feel like reading this bullshit. 
You know what I'm saying? So be less focused on that and focus on educating these people so that they can go out into the world and be successful, whoever and whatever they want to become, you know what I'm saying, in the world as far as, you know, occupation, career, you know, and as far as what they want to do with their bodies. Like, I don't think that it's a big deal. People, just like what Donald Trump is doing, he's doing that bullshit where he won't let, I believe, transgenders into the military. Like, why are you so focused on that? Do your fucking job. You know what I'm saying? You're supposed to be the president of the United States, and you're sitting here focusing on transgenders, men in the Army. Sit the fuck down with your big orange head ass. You know, I just feel like it's unnecessary to focus on this. This is one little thing out of so many issues that can be being focused on. So that's just my opinion on it. I don't think that it's a big deal at all. It, I don't really care. You know, if somebody ain't want to say that they're transgender or be called her instead of him, okay. Uh, what up, girl? You know what I'm saying? So that's me. Wow. What are you thinking, Jen? Why are you saying wow? Um, What's up? Because I kind of I sound a little ignorant, but, but. Why? How did? Okay, tell me how, how I sound ignorant. Tell me. Because you, cause you were like, I don't really care. What's up, girl? Why are we not something that they take serious, you know? No, I'm not trying to say, I'm not being funny. I'm just saying, if you want to be referred to as a woman instead of a man, I'm going to refer to you as a woman. But it's just like they really, they really do feel strongly that way. Um, I think that it's dope that they are allowing, you know, uh, trans men to go to um, the university. And I agree. I, I think that if you want to identify as a man, male pronouns should be fine. Like, I mean, if you are like, if you personally are like, I prefer they in there, that's one thing. But they shouldn't get upset that the school is using, at an all-male school, using male pronouns. Um, and then I also agree with the transitioning. If you want to transition from a male to a woman, while you're at the school, it's been transferred to Spelman because you're a woman now. You know, why would you want to still be at an all-male university if you identify as a woman? You know what I'm saying? I know it's more complicated, but it's just like if if you're a woman, you're a woman. You know, whether you sit or transgender, it's just like it's an all-male school. That shouldn't be an issue. You know, I, I don't think that's something that's complicated, you know. So I kind of was disagreeing so, with, what, with what they were saying, like it's, it's tough being – I'm sure that it's tough being a transgender on campus, but it's just like if you clearly are a transgender woman, why are you going to an all-male school and you want to identify as a woman, you want to be treated as a woman, why do you want to be at an all-male school, you know? But, so it is dope, but in my opinion, so if a transgender, you know, a man, he wants to go and, you know, uh, change to be a woman and he want to be referred to as a woman or, you know, whatever the case is, then are you supposed to still sit up there and be like, all right, bruh, you know what I'm saying? Like, are you supposed to still call him a guy? No, like, no. I'm, I'm confused. I think, you're supposed to, I think that you're supposed to address them as, as how you would in a, in, a, in a woman, you know, pronoun. But what they were saying is, you know, the ones, because they were saying it was two students that, that they openly know have transitioned while at, at Morehouse from a man to a woman. Mm-hmm. And they don't want the male pronoun you know, on everything. And they were saying what the school superintendent was saying, like they will respect personally how the people want to identify, but they're not going to change the overall, you know, how they address the student body. If you're at an all-male school and they say, good morning, gentlemen, like that should not be hard Mm. to understand because this school was meant for men, whether it's cisgender or transgender. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And that's why I say as you mm-hmm. are transitioning, if you are now a woman, this school is not for women. You know, Spelman is right across the street. You need to go to an all-woman school, you know. But that's it. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all, that's all. That was our final topic of the evening, and we're going to go ahead and go into the confession question of the day. Looks like confession question of the day. It's not trying to play games with us. All right, guys. So the confession question of the day is if your partner, your spouse, was 
pretty much getting hit on by an individual in front of your face. Okay, what are you going to do? How are you going to act? So, Jen, if, you know, you and Chris, you are chilling like a villain, you know, looking cute as a bitch, walking down the damn street, and somebody just straight tried to hit on him, like, you know, not physically, but like, you know, like, damn, you look good, or vice versa, like, oh, Jen, what is up? Like, you know, you looking real good with your bald ass, you know what I'm saying? What are you going to do? Oh. What is he going to do? <laughs> um, well, I know he definitely wouldn't say anything, and he probably wouldn't say anything what? after the fact about it until, like, I brought up some something with him, and then he would be like, oh, well, you didn't. And that's when he would bring it up, you know, because that has been – you know, situations to where he felt like somebody was hitting on me, but he didn't mention it until we played it. But I bring up the fact that's how I thought somebody was hitting on him. That's when he was just like, oh, well, mm, you know, yeah. I was just like, well, no, because they weren't hitting on me. Like, that that was a conversation. You know, <laughs> you could have you stood there. I, I know when a motherfucker's hitting on me and when they're not. Like, he was not hitting <laughs> right. on me. He was just having a conversation. Okay. Yeah, I, I, think I can tell when a person is hitting on and if it's blatant, mm-hmm. like I still, I probably wouldn't say nothing until they got physical. Like somebody would grab his butt or to be grab his arm, touch Ooh, him, stuff like that. Hell nah. That's that's when I would be like, "Oh, you doing too much." But I think if I was to, if the conversation was too much for me, I wouldn't I wouldn't say anything about it because he always would just make it seem like it wasn't that deep, and I'd be like, "That motherfucker said blah blah." <laughs> And then he would just blah, but you're looking too deep into it. I don't think he meant like blah, blah, blah. And it's just an unnecessary okay. argument. So I wouldn't say anything unless it was like physical, like unless he, I mean, somebody like grabbed his ass or something like that. Then I'll be like, all right, chill out, you know. But that's it. That's well, it? Well, chill out? Mm. Yeah, I mean, I would better than a whole lot of us. Yeah. What about you? So. So one day, I remember me and my husband, we were both in Vegas, and I think this was the time we had just recently got married. So this was, like, in 2014, okay? This was, you know, five years ago or whatever. And we in Vegas or whatever the case, and, like, it was this stupid-ass bitch, okay? Yes, I'm calling her that because she was doing the most. And so you talking about physical, I'm just talking about don't stare at my man. You know what I'm saying? It Like, we walking down the street. You know what I'm saying? And this chick, she walked past us. I don't know if she was high, drunk. I don't know if she thought my husband was some type of, you know, rich baller or somebody famous. I don't know what the case was. But her her whole mouth dropped, okay? It could have dropped to the floor. Like, I, I wanted to pick it up, okay? And she just was staring at him. And then we walked past her. And the bitch turned around, was walking backwards, and still stared at her, him with her, her mouth open. I was looking like, what the hell? So I was like, bitch, what the fuck are you looking at? <laughs> and my husband was like, "Daddy, I'm like, no, why is she just sitting up here staring at you? Like, I don't do you know her in Las Vegas right now? Like, what is going on? Like, you know, so yeah. I'm, a, I'm, I'm not, you know, very, very kind. When it comes down to that, I'm not going to sit up here and wait for somebody to touch my man's ass. It's going to be like, like, why is they staring? They staring kind of hard, right? Like, you know, my husband, he's very, yeah. like, mellow. When it comes down to him, you know what I'm saying? But Chick is staring at him, and he notices. He's going to be like, oh, no, babe, she looking past me at the bottle next to me. You know, she probably trying to figure out what type of drink I'm drinking. Yeah. And I'm like, no. Yeah. Actually, and that, she's, and that's not. she's looking at the chest. Well, I always, well, always play it down. And I'm just like, no. That motherfucker was <laughs> clearly hitting on Like, you, you, I can tell. Like, you know, but I don't think anybody's ever been, like, blatantly, like, disrespectful. I do, like, I, like, it has been times where I have walked to the bathroom and I come back and that nigga be, like, talking to Chris, you know. Like, shit like that. Oh, hell no. Yeah. Um. Like we was at Pride, we had went to Pride Fest last year, and this guy was like, "Remember, you know, a few years ago, you know, blah blah." And I was just like, "Hi, like, I, I worked on. I was like, hey, hello.' Right? Can I help you? Like, y'all in the conversation? Yeah, and he just walked in the guy. Can I help you? And then like this other guy, he was like, um, 
he was like, I like, he liked something that Chris had on, like his shoes or something like that. And you asked him, like, well, they ain't much like. <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, and, and Chris was like, they they allowed enough. And the guy, like, grabbed, he, he was like, yeah, he got really close to him. He was like, you ain't going to say thank you or something like that. He was like, I said thank like he grabbed me. Ah, la, la, la. Yeah, and I was just like, you know, and then that, that's when I was just like, he would have been like, kept going. I'd be like, all right, relax. But it was just like really quick. So I was just looking like, clearly, like with an attitude, like, nigga, back the fuck up. But the, I could I could think those <laughs> are the only two incidents, you know. That's good, though. It seems like you had a really good temper because if anybody ever tried to grab but my I mean, husband I, no, I know and get him for no. And I'm not trying to go to jail, and then I know afterwards, Chris is going, going to make it like I'm going to make it like I'm going to react So it's like, why would I overreact about a person who's going to say I'm crazy in the day anyway? Like, it's not that deep, you know? <laughs> if he's going to cheat, it's not that I can do to stop it. He's going to entertain a nigga, then he's going to entertain them. You know, because if I'm not there You're right. and, and that motherfucker complimenting him, you know, it could be a chance he'd be in their face, you know, even though I doubt it. But, I mean, that there's that possible chance. And it's just, like, me stopping it from happening because of my insecurities is not going to yep. change. Yeah. You know. So yeah, you're right. Even, and, why and, even feed into the bullshit? You're 100% right. And that actually reminds me of, like, what happened when we actually was there, too. It was a couple incidents um, when we was in Vegas. The same time, um, this was, like, guy who was, like, fucking high off, I don't know, PCP or something like that. And he was, like, dancing all by me and shit like that. And then he got all close. And I felt like I was getting, like, a lap dance. And I was just like, what the hell? And my husband was just looking at him like, what is going on? Like, he was not happy about it. And I just kind of was, like, bagging up, like, whoa, this is awkward, you know, and then we left, and then, like, um, like, it was another person who we was walking down the street, my husband, he said something to him, and he said something about me, like, oh, yeah, you got a baddie, or some shit like that, my husband was like, oh, yeah, I know, you know, so I'm like, what, like, and this, that just came after the incident of the chick scared of her husband, so I'm like, this is crazy, like, they just out here disrespectful in Vegas, but to me, I feel like he's just, like, confident, like, oh, you know, like, angel, you know, long as I'm doing what I'm doing, I'm not going nowhere. And me, I'm just, like, I'm confident, but, like, bitch, I'm not going to play games. Like, so, yeah, we're not, we not going to be grabbing ass and, you know, touching dick and give, giving googly eyes and then giving hugs. Like, no, we're not doing any of that type of shit. You say hi, you turn oh, around yeah. and walk the fuck away. That's it. Like, no. So, but anyways, y'all, let us know y'all opinions. If somebody came up to your man or your woman or whatever, and they up there trying to flirt alert, you know what I'm saying, trying to, you know, slip the number, whatever the case is, what are your reactions going to be? With that being said, Jen, do you have anything to confess your love for tonight? Yes. What is it, motherfucker? Yes, I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm confessing my love for Victoria Monet. She's an R&B singer who, like, um, played music for, like, a lot of celebrities, like Ariana Grande and um, shit okay. like that. But she's really dope, really talented. Um, I originally found out about her, like, maybe a month ago. Um, she Ariana Grande released, like, this bonus track called Monopoly or whatever, and I thought the song was lit. And I was like, well, let me see who this girl is. You know, they're singing about being best friends. I'm like, who is this girl? And she's like a full-blown artist, but she also has been a songwriter to the stars. And her music is so cute. It has, like, the early, like, 2000s kind of vibe. You know, like, she reminds me a lot okay. of, like, Aaliyah, TLC, like, that whole movement. Like, she's really talented. Like, she can dance. She can sing. Um, and I think What's she's going to be a to with. Her name is Victoria Monet. Okay. Yeah. Wait, Victoria Monet. Yeah. I don't know, that's familiar. Okay. I mean, well, yeah, that's people. amazing. Mhm. Who are you confessing your love for? Who? Oh, oh, okay. She's cute. She's cute, Victoria. Mhm. Okay. You know, I have to look people up when you be uh, confessing your love for
So um, what I yeah. miss my love for is, oh, Lord, she is a Taurus, too, and she's young. She was born the same day that my husband and mom was born, which is May 1st, and she's only 25. Oh. She was born in 1993. So, okay, she, you know, she, I, I think I like her. I know how Taurus black women are. So, yeah, she, she seems like a good person. Anyways, yeah. and she's associated with uh, Ariana Grande and T.I., too, so that's good. Yeah. You know, you're not going to see her associated with anybody but people like her, you know, because that's how tourists are. Um, but anyways, I'm confessing my love for consistency and routine. A lot of people, they find it hard to get into a routine, but I feel like right now in my life my routine is consistent, you know. My days, my nights, which days I, you know, take my kids' baths, what days I cook on, what days I, you know, do my schoolwork on, even the show. You know what I'm saying? I got other people reaching out to me like, oh, you know, let's do another show. And it's just like, ah, I'm so busy already. You know, um, but I just feel like consistency is key to everything. And if everybody just find consistency and do the same thing every other week or every week and find that consistency, then everything in life would just be a bit more smoother. It's kind of difficult, like, for you, Jim, because you don't have the same hours that you work every week, so it can't be consistent in that, um, mm-hmm. in that sense. But I just feel like with me, I work the same hours every day. I know what time to pick my kids up. I know what time to take my kids' baths. I know what time I'm usually making at home at. You know what I'm saying? My days are marked. You know, my hours are marked. So, I just feel like if you find a, a consistent routine, then that will make life just a little bit easier. So sit down, write on a piece of paper what you do Monday through Sunday, and try and find a consistent routine and figure out when you have those gaps in time where you can actually get things done like clothes and laundry and, you know, homework or whatever the case may be, um, job searching, you know, stuff like that. And that's pretty much it, guys, consistency. Make your life consistent, and everything will be good to go. All right. That was kind of weak, but, you know, you're saying. All right, guys. <laughs> oh, I don't even know. I, you know what? I think that everything is just not working for us today. But you know what? That is A-OK. Um, don't forget to check us out on LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, and, of course, this podcast for Blog Talk. Send us those confessions at confessions number two us at gmail.com. You can expect to hear from us on Sundays, every Sunday at the same time, 6.30 Central, 7.30 Eastern. And we want to hear from you. So make sure you send us confessions, like I said, at confessions, the number two us at gmail.com. This is your host, Angel Vandrina. And I'm your host, Jen Othello, and you are listening to the one and the only confession session. Good night, Maze. <laughs> Good night, John. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy Easter, everyone. <laughs>